Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, with us with the Weekly Standard, Bill Crystal. And Bill, instead of doing a let's look back at the week, I'd like to do a let's look back at 2014 so far and how the GOP looks for the 2014 elections and then maybe even beyond to 2016. How is 2014 shaping up as of the beginning of May? 2014 looks good for Republicans. You look at the national surveys, Republicans are even in the what's called the generic ballot, the congressional ballot. Do you intend to vote Republican or Democratic this year? When Republicans are even in that, they usually end up ahead on Election Day. Republican voters are more likely to turn out. Um, and if you look state by state, Republicans have a very good chance, I think, of, of winning a, a Senate majority, maybe even a comfortable Senate majority, which they would actually need, need to hold the Senate probably in 2016, which is uh, a lot more uh, vulnerable Republican seats in play. So I think 2014, I'd predict, if I had to predict, I think in November, uh, Republicans will be pretty happy on, on, on the day after Election Day. You know, you say that, and a lot of us hear it, and they go, good, but then we think, uh-oh, we are talking about the Republicans. And if there's anybody who can screw up a sure thing, guaranteed lock, I mean, we got a lot of uh, Phil Graham Republicans out there, Bill Crystal, who, as you remember, set up a fake election in Louisiana when he wanted to run in 96 and then lost his own fake election. Why should we be confident that the leaders of the GOP won't find a way to uh, to lose it all again? Well, we shouldn't be too confident. I'd say a couple of things look better this year than they have in the last couple of cycles, especially in the Senate races. The quality of candidates is, is high, including in a couple of primaries are problematic, might produce sort of weak general election candidates. Several primaries actually have very good candidates running against each other. And then there are many states where there really aren't primaries and a strong challenger to either an incumbent Democrat or, or a candidate for an open seat. So I just think in terms of quality, the odds are that fewer Republicans will blow themselves up this year than in the last couple of cycles. In terms of, the, of what's going to happen on the Hill, I think that's the other major determinant of what how Republicans will be viewed in November, right? It'll either be how the candidates are actually doing in their own states or districts or the general image for the Republican Party. Right. The Republican leadership in the Senate, and especially in the House, where they do control the body, have decided to be very cautious to play it safe. That's not the worst thing in the world, given that when they don't play it safe, they often <laughs> fall off a cliff. I do think they might be playing it, playing it too safe. And one thing I worry the most about is Obamacare will be central. The Democratic counterattack on Obamacare is really twofold. What's your alternative? And anyway, you're just a shill for the insurance companies, and they're even worse than the government. The answer to the first is to have a good alternative. There are good conservative alternatives. The 2017 project that I'm involved in has a good one. We've written about it in the Weekly Standard. I would be happier if a lot of if Republicans on the Hill could unite behind such an alternative, and if they don't even pass it through the House, at least talk about right. it, introduce it, make it clearer, make it easier for Republican candidates out there to say, whoa, no, no, we have an alternative. It takes care of pre-existing conditions. It does help people who need help in mm -hmm. buying health insurance, but it gets rid of all this regulatory nightmare of Obamacare. Um, so that, I think, would be very helpful. And secondly, I do think the insurance companies aren't popular, and Republicans have a golden opportunity to yes. distance themselves from them by going after the provisions that were written into Obamacare at the request of the insurance companies who had gotten into bed with the Obama administration in 2009, 2010, and that's the risk corridors and the reinsurance provisions, which are really a bailout for the insurance companies. And Republicans should move against that. They may not, right. I don't think they can get that passed into law. They can't get it through the Senate. President Obama wouldn't sign it. But it sure would be good to have Republicans fighting insurance companies instead of being accused of, of being apologists for them. And not only that, but the tide of money that came from insurance companies to push Obamacare makes it very easy. I mean, I think anytime Democrats say Obamacare, it's essentially flypaper for them, that no matter what piece of it they grab, something is going to stick to them, too, because it's such a mess. 
Yeah, I very much agree with that. I mean, the, you want to be debating Obamacare. Yes. One way to ensure that, or at least to help it, mm-hmm. is for Republicans in the House, the one body they control, to move repeal provisions, or delay provisions, an overall alternative, the, 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 the attempt to uh, not have a bailout for the insurance companies, all these kinds of things would be good to have in the headlines over the next few months. Well, you know, I just read in the Weekly Standard, which, of course, I'm a regular reader, that President Obama is the fundraising and chief extraordinaire, just cranking out uh, money for, uh, his, uh, for, for Democrats. How do Republicans deal with uh, the fact that the best fundraiser in the country is usually the guy in the White House, and this guy in the White House is setting all new records? You know, I think Democrats will hold their own on the money front. I think it's a mistake for Republicans to assume that's going to lead them to victory. It hasn't in the past. They need to, you know, have adequately funded races, and I think they will, thanks to some of the outside groups and thanks to some pretty good fundraising efforts by a bunch of Senate and House candidates. So I think the money probably washes out. And, um, you know, Obamacare is a reality. The Obama administration is a reality. You can advertise all you want, but it's pretty hard to, to wish away those realities. The other reality is a poll out this week that shows that a majority of Americans, and even a guy like me who's pretty cynical about stuff and, you know, those that get stuff out there, a majority of Americans think the president either lies to them most of the time or some of the time on important issues. And I think that last part is key. You know, it's one thing to say, whatever, you know, I, I supported this bill versus that bill. But they, they get a sense, they believe, a majority of Americans believe the president is fundamentally dishonest. And I'm wondering, you know, how Republicans should uh, play that and how Democrats might try to uh, deal with that. Look, there's a lot of evidence. I mean, in the same poll, I think it's a Fox poll, the right. Obama's numbers are not great. They're, I think his approval, disapproval is like 44, 51, something like that, 44, 53 maybe. And his the favorable, unfavorable even, the more personal rating, which he's always done better on, is about 45, 49. So, uh, it is there's a lot of evidence from history that if the president is underwater under fifty fifty going into his sixth year, uh, that becomes decisive in how voters vote in the off year election. So that's the good news from the Fox poll. That's why I'm bullish on twenty fourteen. The bad news in the Fox poll is Hillary Clinton beats uh, all the Republicans they tested. They tested Christie, Paul, and Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Christie, Paul, and Bush, Jeb Bush. Um, and Cruz, they also did a uh, tested him within the Republican primary. I think his numbers would be the same. Uh, Hillary beats them all by about by eight or nine points, pretty consistent, 51, 42, that sort of thing, which is worrisome for 2016. I mean, the same voters in the same survey, we're not comparing right. apples to oranges in here, are saying uh, they like the Republican Party as much as the Democratic Party. They don't like President Obama. They think he misleads them. But you know what? They're still inclined to vote for Hillary over a Republican presidential candidate in 2016. And so I'm reasonably confident about 2014, but worried about 2016. Okay. And I think it really reminds, should remind Republicans, conservatives, they need to have a bold governing agenda to go up against Hillary Clinton with mm-hmm. in 2016. Simply, you can run against Obama and Obamacare in 2014. She's enough of her own person, enough of a different person, um, and has some real assets politically, I think, as well as some liabilities. I don't think you can count on just sort of disqualifying Hillary Clinton. You know, most Americans are not going to simply, I think, cast a vote against her. They're going to need to cast a vote for a Republican presidential candidate, and that means a real interesting, bold, new governing agenda for a for the Republican Party and and, and a candidate who can really uh, explain that agenda. Is there an issue, because as you pointed out, Obamacare has an Obama shelf life, essentially, even though he's going to have to mess with it. The the political part is attached to a guy, a guy who's not going to be here. 
Is it, what is another issue that if you could get Republicans to talk about it, if you could help rebrand the party? Because I find, I believe that's the fundamental problem, the view of the party itself. People can't even hear the ideas. They can't even hear the policies. All they see is that's that icky Republican hate brand. What? I mean, another way of saying that, Michael, is I think about this. Have Republicans won a presidential election in an awful yep. long time. They've occasionally defeated a Democrat right. who was sort of disqualified, you might say. I mean, mm -hmm. Gore had real weaknesses sure. in 2000. Bush still almost lost. Uh, uh, we uh, lost Dukakis. a popular vote. Yeah. Dukakis was really disqualified in 88, and right. Bush had the advantage of a Reagan third term. I mean, 68, even Humphrey, you know, Johnson's vice president with a disastrous war going on, et cetera. It's been a long time with the, really the exception of 1980, even then there was an unpopular incumbent, Carter. With the exception of 80 when Reagan ran, they really, Republicans have been a long time since the Republican presidential candidate actually won an election. Exactly. He actually convinced a, a majority of voters that, you know what, this guy has a good agenda for the country. Let's put him in charge, not let's, ooh, let's avoid putting the other guy in charge. That is the most important thing, I think. And that requires a presidential candidate who is bold and persuasive and spends a lot of time thinking about and working on a serious governing agenda. And, it, and that requires a big reform agenda across the board. And it can't just be, you know, Obamacare is bad and the economy could be growing faster and we don't like this regulatory program or that. I think it needs to be a Reagan-level reform agenda, a Reagan-level vision for the country uh, that a candidate will have to articulate in 2016. So uh, the one lesson of my, you know, my little editorial, and it's kind of obvious, I think, but is 2014 is very different from 2016. You know, you can win in 2014 basically running against Obamacare and saying, we'll stop this guy from doing more damage in his last two years. You can't win in 2016 saying that. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. This is the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.